0: I'm Mark Tross. This is greatest of all Psalms and Proverbs, part 8. Living with purpose, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, and Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established in order to write, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. Jesus had a plan and purpose for being born, living and dying, and so do you and I. He had his eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let his gaze be straight before him. His face was set like a flint towards Jerusalem, and he told Pilate, It is for this reason that I came into the world. Jesus listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit and watched the Father's hand. He grew in stature and in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Jesus is the living word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He told us that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us in his word, will, and way. It is the Spirit of the living God that lives, moves, and has his being working in and through us as a believer. He'll lead you along the straight and narrow way. Tell you, listen to his still, soft voice. Turn not aside to the right hand or to the left Remove your foot from evil. Be attentive to his wisdom and incline your ear to his understanding. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1. Although actions speak louder than words, we must put aside false, dishonest speech, willful and contrary talk, exercise proper discrimination, discretion, and guard your lips. It is our heart that must be guarded with all vigilance because out of the abundance of the heart, The mouth speaks, and out of it flow the springs of life. How often do you really stop and consider your way? It's more than okay to take the road less traveled. Many are on their way to destruction, but few follow the path that Christ Jesus has laid out before us. Follow him, and he is the good shepherd. The Psalms often tell us, Selah which means to pause and calmly think about this. Do you ponder and meditate, roll things over in your heart, mind, and soul upon the word of God? What is it he is trying to tell you? Have you been listening to what he's or it's got to say? Consider the lilies of the fields. Ask God and let him show you what he wants of you from you. To what plan, purpose, and end did he create you? We are his workmanship, created in Christ, unto good works in Jesus' holy and precious name. He is forever calling us to offer up ourselves as living sacrifices before his throne of grace and mercy. Are you trusting in the Lord, leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus, and acknowledging him as the one true God? He is the way, truth, and life. Do you know experientially this? Every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are on the winning side. All mountains shall be laid low, and the valleys shall rise up to establish order, our pathway level, straight and aright. The there will be smooth sailing, full speed ahead, when we are spirit filled, led, and his breath wind blows upon us. Jesus is calling us to go to the other side of life. He wants us to love God, our neighbor as ourself, and each other as he has loved us. Who is your neighbor? He will take you to who, what, where, when, and why, but you must allow him to do so in Jesus' name. Living with Purpose, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24 A man of understanding sets skillful and godly wisdom before his face. But the eyes of a self-confident fool are on the ends of the earth. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 24. Putting any confidence whatsoever in yourself outside of the person that God created you to be in Jesus is complete and utter foolishness in the eyes of God. This proverb speaks of those who think that the grass is always greener on the other side. The word of God tells us to choose this day, who you will serve but choose wisely with godly wisdom the reverential fear of god is the beginning of all wisdom knowledge based on his perfect and acceptable will and way in all the understanding that he gives to us in the revelation of his son jesus his plan and purposes that we are to fulfill in our life in him don't be fooled by the second half of this proverb We are to continuously and constantly have our eyes turned, fixed upon Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. He has commissioned, commanded us to go to all nations and peoples, to the ends of the earth, with the love of God and the good news of Jesus. No contradictions here, but we should ever and always be searching for the true conviction of our hearts. Jesus set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem, to die on the cross of Calvary, Because he loved us, so should we not set our skillful and godly wisdom before our face? Are you reading, studying, and praying over his word daily? As we are obedient to the call of God in our life, he blesses and causes his face to shine upon us in all that we say and do in his holy and precious name. The world says silence is golden. but When the word of God is spoken forth from the mouth of his people, Under His anointing, it brings eternal, everlasting, the abundant life, grace, favor, shalom, peace, fullness and wholeness to all who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, receive salvation and deliverance. Put your faith in no other, in no thing. Ask God to open up your spiritual eyes so that you can see the truth of his word. Only put your confidence in Jesus' name. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Psalm 14 verse two. Psalm 14 starts with a crisis and ends with a solution. Starts with darkness and ends in light. It starts with godlessness in corruption and ends in salvation and gladness. But it's this verse, verse two, that is the love story. The Lord looked down upon the children of men to see if any sought God. God looked, God sought, God considered. He remembers that we are dust. And what he saw was truth. There was no man, no, not one. Now we see in retrospect that yes, Just as this psalm concludes, salvation did indeed come from Zion because God did desire for the children of men to understand and seek him. By his own hand, his own son, his own self, he made sure that we who are dust would again have the opportunity to walk with him in the cool of the evening as he originally intended. So what about now? What about today? God is still looking to see if there are any who understand, any who seek him. And now, beloveds, we are without excuse. The lost and blinded in the world are without excuse because since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. But what of us? We, his church, his bride, his own, we who have the Spirit of the living God alive in us, aching to be at work in us, do we understand? Do we seek God? Do we strive to love the things that God loves and hate the things that break his heart? Do we seek out comfort in the world instead of in the everlasting arms? Do we return to our sin as if it were the key to freedom instead of turning from it like the vomit that it is? Do we say we love God while we hate our brother? Do we sing that grace is amazing while we try to somehow work off the sting of our guilt? Like this psalm, our lives, our new lives in Christ have been reconfigured so that we which start that which crisis and ends with a solution, that which starts with darkness and ends in light. And we, who started in godlessness and corruption, find ourselves rejoicing in the salvation of our souls with gladness. We have been given an immeasurable gift, my brothers and sisters. By God's grace, we have been given the ability to understand and seek the Lord. What manner of love the Father must have for us to have sought us out so that he could call us his sons and his daughters. Let us not take it for granted. God is for you. There is so much to see with our new heavenly eyes. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. What Solomon is referring to are the words of the wise and the knowledge that he offers here. It's interesting that he exhorts us to heed the words of wise men so that our trust may be in the Lord. Why? Because the truly wise man weighs all his says against the word of God and the spirit of God within him and does not utter a sound if it is contrary to either of those standards. And if a man doesn't do that, if he does not consider God in his ponderings, then for as much as he knows and learns, he is not, and never will be, wise, because the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Not only are we instructed to keep wisdom within us, but we are also told to keep it fixed upon our lips that all we speak should bring life and be honest and fair and wise. In other words, godly. The Bible tells us that as Christians, as the ministers of reconciliation that we are, we have been entrusted with the very words of God. We have been entrusted with being the body of the Word, the body of Christ. So how can we speak otherwise? How can we not speak wisdom and healing and strength when we have been made into the likeness of He who is wisdom and healing and strength? How can all that not be kept within us when the Spirit of God is within us? When the kingdom of God is within us. What Solomon exhorted us to do, Jesus Christ commands us to do, to be His ambassadors to flow light and living water into a dark and thirsty world, which we cannot do if our lips and hearts are bathed in thirst and darkness. Divine wisdom has been given to us by the Almighty, not just so we can be wise, but so that our wisdom, our knowledge of God, can bring comfort and safety and reconciliation to the sacred and dying who he has entrusted to us. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Psalm 14 starts with a crisis and ends with a solution, starts with darkness and ends in light, starts with godlessness and corruption and ends in salvation and gladness. But it's this verse, verse 2, that is the story of love. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. Here's a quote from J. Hudson Taylor. Satan, the hinderer, may build a barrier about us, but he can never roof us in, so that we cannot look up. Psalms and Proverbs, Psalm 145, verse 9. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Psalm 145, verse 9. Just three nights ago, at a conversation about the fact that God remembers that we are dust, and about how Jesus, through whom all things were made, had compassion on the crowds because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. God's mercy is all over all that he has made. Creation declares the glory of God, not just because it is a reflection of his majesty, not just because it is a representation of his creative hand, but because it also demonstrates his mercy toward all that he spoke into existence, all that he formed from the dust of the ground. The deer pants for water. God provides fresh cold streams of it from deep inside his mountains. An infant hungers, but has no way to fill herself. And God provides nourishment from the very body that she yearns to be closest to. A nomad walks through the heat of the day, day after day, and God darkens his skin to protect him from the sun. Little boy falls off his bike and his bruised, bloody leg is broken. God, as he has set this world in motion, our bodies in motion, designed it so that after just a few short weeks, the bone is whole. The black and blueness of the bruise is gone and the skin long closed up to protect what lies beneath it once again. Right down to the cellular level, the mercy of God is in an end his creation. I was reading an article just a few nights back about light. Essentially, what I read was this, that light, as it was spoken into being, unobserved by human eyes, is a wave and acts like a wave. But while it's being observed, it acts like particles so that we can use it to see by. We wouldn't be able to use it for any particular thing if God, in His mercy, did not adapt the very essence of the universe solely for the purpose of His beloved children. And we can take that one step further, following the natural, divine progression of things. God changed the very essence of His creation, His laws, if you will, Solely for the purpose of his beloved children. For we who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. The life giver died, the dead lived, the one true light adapted himself so that he could be, instead of a law, the light by which we might see. He is good to us because he is good. His mercy is over all his works, not because we deserve mercy. Which we don't, or because we need mercy, which we do, but because he is merciful, when we think, truly think, and reflect on what manner of love the Father has given to us, it is staggering, it's mind-blowing in all our works, all our sin, all our past, and all our plans amount to nothing more than a vapor. We stand by grace and grace alone. We are justified by Christ's blood and his faithfulness. Not that that should give us any justification to live in sin any longer, but it should bring us to a more vital revelation of the smallness of us and the immensity of the God who laid himself down for us. His mercy is over all his works and his love endures forever. Many plans are in a man's mind. But it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Job twenty three thirteen, Psalm thirty three, verses ten and eleven, Isaiah fourteen, verses twenty six and twenty seven, Isaiah forty-six ten, acts five thirty-nine, Hebrews six seventeen, Proverbs nineteen, verse twenty-one. Although the voice of much wise counsel, instruction and correction are worth listening to, it is the voice of God, his holy and precious word, perfect acceptable will and way and our obedience to it that matter most our innermost heart's desire can only truly be fulfilled by your loyalty to god his loving kindness is better than life basking in his glory and delighting yourself in him so that he will give you life eternal everlasting the abundant life in jesus it is the reverential true worshipful fear the beginning of wisdom Of the Lord that leads to this life in Christ, and he who has it, he who has the Son has life, shall rest completely and totally satisfied. Job chapter five verse nineteen, Proverbs twelve thirteen, Isaiah forty six four, Jeremiah one eight, Daniel two twenty seven, Psalm ninety one three, and Second Timothy chapter four verse eight. I am sure that many of you have heard it said, plan your work and work your plan. God establishes his plan and purpose for all of his creation before the very foundation of the earth was laid. His word is his bond. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. God's word, spoken, written, and living, is faithful and true. Surely we make up our own plans and determine things in our own mind. But thanks be to God, His ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. Yet the Word of God tells us that we have the mind of Christ. So why don't we use it? How many times have we made up our own minds, established our own plans and purposes, only to falter and fail? Oh, to know the mind of God. The Bible says He has given us everything we need to live our life unto Him. Are you following his game plan, reading the owner's manual, and walking in his footsteps? It has been said that all roads lead to God, and in some ways that is true, for it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. Man makes his plans, but God directs our heart and life like a watercourse, and if we commit our way unto him, he will direct our paths. He will set us straight. Are you willing to let the light of his word be your guide so that you will not stumble or fall along the way, his way? God is faithful and Jesus never fails. The Lord's plan and purpose for you will stand the test of time forever and ever as you follow him, the shepherd of your heart and soul. Let each and every one of us counsel, instruct, and correct all who do not know the truth so that they may become wise in the time to come In Jesus' name, amen. Next time we'll be talking about the heart of worship out of Psalm 37, verse 7.